Good morning, Nachum, Gereb Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Toldos. Parshas Toldos is the only Parsha about Yitzchak Avinu. There's so much in this Parsha, the origins of anti-Semitism. Not only the anti-Semitism, which is spelled out for us in the Parsha regarding the Be'eros, the wells that Yitzchak uh, digs, but rather from the very beginning, namely after 20 years of marriage, Yitzchak and Rivka are blessed that they will have a child, and the Torah tells us, she's experiencing Rivka, a very difficult pregnancy, and she goes to to Davin, she goes to shame, right, the son of Noah, for the uh, understanding as to what's happening in her life. And on interesting, on Vayisrotsitsu, which means literally that the children were agitated within her, the rabbis tell us that already in the womb there was this conflict between Esav and Yaakov and that Esav wants to beat up Yaakov already in the womb and interestingly which is what I'd like to focus on in a moment Rashi tells us in the name of the rabbis that the word Vayisrotetsu not a common word the Shorish might be Ritza to run, and basically we see from within utero already when Rivka passes a house of idolatry, Esav is anxious to come out. And when she passes the yeshiva of Shemva Ever, Yaakov, already it's in the womb. And as we are told in not next week, but two weeks in Parshas Vayishlach, we're taught halacha. What does halacha mean? There's an absolute law, as if it is built into nature, that Esav sone liyakov. Esav has a hatred for Yaakov. Please, God, we'll come back to this. So the Torah tells us the first important episode of the two boys is on the day that Abraham Avinu passes on and Yaakov prepares a nozid, he prepares a stew, a nozid adoshim. Rashi tells us it was a lentil soup, the lentil being round and we can relate to this, that this was, our rabbis say, Asudas Havra'a, the first meal that the mourner eats when he comes back from the burial. And we have today the bagel, the hard-boiled egg, the roundness of these foods symbolize for us, and especially for the mourner, the continuity of life, so Esau comes and says, and the Torah describes, 
is coming from the field. Esav comes from the field, and the Torah says that what? And he is tired. A rather strange and glaring phrase. You're tired? Lay down. And so there are those, such as the Chizkuni, that learn. Literally, hunters sometimes might spend days in the forests and the fields, and believe it or not, surrounded by all the animals, but not anything to eat, he's exhausted. However, comes Rabbi Yashiv, Zechrona Levracha, and in his Divrei Agada points out that the Torah is teaching us a very important point, namely that when Esav comes back from the field and Vuhu Oyev, he is tired, this tiredness is really a demonstration and informing us of not only a physical tiredness, but rather an emptiness, a lack of meaning, a lack of fulfillment, a lack of purpose in his life. And that is what the Torah is communicating to us. And the contrast between the two brothers. One would imagine that Esav has all the freedom in the world. He can do what he wants, when he wants, where he wants, to whom he wants. And indeed, the rabbis tell us that on this day, he committed many of the most serious offenses and sins within our peoplehood. But guess what? It doesn't satisfy him. And Yaakov, on the other hand, what is he? He's the, quote, yeshiva man. He sits and learns with all these, quote, unquote, restrictions, what you eat, when you eat, and in all other areas of his life. There's not a single area of life that doesn't have the parameters of Torah telling him what to do and when to do. And so, one looking at these two brothers would say to themselves, Oi, poor Yaakov, who has all these restrictions, and lucky Esau, who's got all the freedom in the world. And the Torah is giving us tremendous insight and guidance and telling us that when the day is over, what is Esav? He is Oyev. He is unfulfilled. As we find in the sixth chapter of Koheles, verse 7, Kolamau ha'adam lefiu. A person strives in this world for all kinds of pleasures, and yet gam hanefesh lo simole. He's never going to be satisfied. The new car, the new phone, the new, the new, the new, the new is only going to excite him for the moment. It's not lasting. The only thing which is lasting is that which gives 
satisfaction to the nefesh, to the soul, and that is Torah and mitzvot. And there, the more you have, the more you want, and that constant sense of freshness and excitement is what gives meaning and purpose to his life. So it is extremely counterintuitive. And that we learn from Yaakov <clears throat> that the real enjoyment of this world comes when it's within the misgeret, when it's within the rubric of ruchnius of spirituality. What makes the Friday night meal so special is not only the special foods that we eat on Friday night and Shabbos. What makes the Friday night meal so special is the Zemiros, the Divrei Torah, elevate the beautiful and wonderful food that we eat, and it raises that to a level of spirituality as well. This is the secret of the Jew, and this is his happiness. And so with this, we can understand, going back to that by Yisrotzetzu, that the brothers were fighting in the womb. So the second interpretation of Rashi, whereby Rashi quotes the Yalkut Shimoni, and he says that the two brothers were merivim, they were arguing, benachalas shnei olamos. They were arguing over the inheritance of the two worlds, this world and the next world. Wait a second. What kind of arguing over these two worlds? I'm sure Esav would say to Yaakov, you take <coughs> olam haba, the world to come, I have Olam Hazeh, and there it is. But the answer is, my friends, wow. You know what comes out? Yaakov has both. He has certainly the world to come, but he even has this world as well, by infusing this world with spirituality. I want to share with you <clears throat> an exceptional story. The story is about a gentleman, still an elderly man, still alive, Baruch Hashem, in Yerushalayim, and his name is Reb Shlomo Reichenberg, who was unfortunately in the concentration camps when he was 16 years old. And he writes, unfortunately, of the horrors that he experienced in the camps. And one day, another Jew started literally beating him up. Unbelievable. And he kept on saying, what are you doing? Come on, I'm a Jew like you. What are you doing? Why are you hitting me? So the other Jew who was doing the beating said, come with me to barracks number 10. And there it was known that there was a wise Jew who would resolve differences between the Jews. He takes him to barracks <clears throat> number 10, and he says to the shofate, the Jewish judge, he said, this man beat me up. Gewalt. And the judge asks him, why'd you do this? Are you ready? He said, 
I beat him up because I saw, I watched him, and I saw him smiling twice. How could you smile when we are all starving? It must be that you are cooperating with the Nazis, Yemach Shemam. It must be that you are telling on us. And therefore, I beat him up because how could he do this to us? The judge points to the young man and says, Well, what have you got to say? And the young man answered, Do you want to know why I was smiling? I was able to smuggle a pair of tefillin into the camp. And every day, or better still, forgive me, before dawn, we put on the tefillin. Somebody stands at the door, we put them on, take them off. And during the day, in order to keep me going, I think about the tefillin. And so, it is the smile that comes to my face from the ability to be Moser Nefesh for Hashem, and this is what keeps me going. Umi ka'amcho Yisrael. Parshas Toldos, among its many lessons, teaches us, give out. What brings happiness to a Jew and what brings happiness to Esau. And there's such a world of difference. And finally, points out the Chassam Sofer. Is it not strange that as a result of this experience of Yaakov giving Esau from the uh, soup, Esau gets his name Edom, right? What does it say? That when Esau comes, he says to his brother, Give me from this what? Red stuff. And we know what that means. Therefore he was called Edom. Why call him Edom? It's not the red of the soup that nourished him. It was the soup. As crazy as it sounds, call him soup. Why call him Edom? And the Chassam Sofer says so powerfully. When it comes to food, my friends, there are different aspects and different levels of pleasure. The first thing is, how does the food look? It's pleasant. It's color. And then afterwards, you chew it. Afterwards, you swallow. Afterwards, you feel satiated. There are different levels and degrees of pleasure regarding food. What did Esau see? The soup was symbolic of Esau's Weltanschauung. The soup was symbolic of Esau's approach to life. Esau only saw the superficial. And think about it. The color is the first thing that goes even before the food hits the taste bud. It's already gone. You don't see it anymore. Ah, oh, 
Alkain says the Chasam Sofer, Koroshmo Edom. That's why he was called Edom, because of the superficiality. And I'd like to say, and what do we see with color? We begin the Birkas Hamazon, and we thank God for nourishing us. Bechain, Bechesed, Uvarachamim. What does that mean? Hashem could nourish us with black and white. But no, look at the salad that, please God, you're going to have. And look at the very different colors. So not only do all these different vegetables nourish us, but just the looking at them gives us pleasure as well. Look at the difference between a Yaakov and an Esav. And this is what the Torah is teaching us, that this perspective on life is our prerequisite for Kabbalah's HaTorah. Shabbat Shalom to all.